of Saturday, February 5. I'm John Barker from Winning Post. Joining me as usual, my colleagues, Jack White, Joel Marshall, Dynamite, Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, we've got a couple of big uh, two-year-old races this Saturday, led, of course, by the $2 million Inglis Millennium, which uh, is the Inglis version of the Magic Millions Classic. Same prize money, uh, same conditions with uh, restricted, of course, to horses sold at Inglis sales. Um, last week, you found a two-year-old returning for us at a very nice price in Queen of the Ball. And um, this week, you've uh, gone for something at a fairly similar price without uh, spoiling it, uh, although I suppose I'm not spoiling for anyone who's seen the front page of Winning Post. But uh, it uh, does look an intriguing race in a big field, the English Millennium. Yeah, indeed, Barks. It is uh, looking like a pretty good lineup. We've got half of the half of the sixteen uh, maidens and half of the sixteen of one races. So we've got Sajardin, who's been there and done it twice, and is probably a deserved favourite because he's had to come from off the pace and uh, overcome a bit of traffic on debut in the Breeders' Plate and come around them and and win his second start. So I think he's the hardest to beat. But there's a bit of value around some of the other runners. It's a pretty competitive race. I think there's, you know, probably a good six or seven winning chances that, you know, horses that wouldn't shock you if they won. It's becoming a, a pretty good race. You know, the the first or the initial millennium winner was Castelvecchia, obviously. He went on to great things. Prime Star won the second year and he sort of mixed his form a little bit last spring. And, of course, Profiteer got the big stud deal done and dusted um, through his five-length romp in the race last year. He sort of went missing a little bit but then one down the straight during cup week and i think he's being prepped for a clash with nature strip and the lightning in a couple of weeks so i think uh, you know the winner of this race can go on um and perhaps be a player later in the carnival obviously we've got the three-year-olds too later in the day at randwick in the eskimo prince few scratchings in that race already there's a few double acceptors and the king of sparta he came out pretty much straight away as soon as the the snowden saw gate 17 um but a tough race with a lot of horses resuming will certainly be a, a lot wiser after that event. Uh, yes, indeed. And meanwhile, in Melbourne, it's the Chairman's Stakes, and that's a race that has produced uh, its share of Blue Diamond winners and uh, even a couple of Golden Slipper winners over the years. Uh, it hasn't produced a gold, uh, Blue Diamond winner since Extreme Choice, but uh, its strike rate is pretty good in that regard in that uh, only 14 winners of the chairmans have gone on to contest the Blue Diamond and three of them have won. So that's a pretty good uh, strike rate. Um, it's bounced around the calendar a bit. The chairman stakes occasionally well, for some years. In fact, it was after the Blue Diamond. So that sort of explains why there haven't been quite that many. Uh, anything c- catch your eye coming back in the chairmans on Saturday? Uh, look... I think we've only seen one of the two-year-olds twice, and that's Renosu from the Godolphin camp, who I really liked him on debut at good odds, and he flashed home for third and then went to Flemington during Cup Week and just missed picking up Brereton. I'd say he's the yardstick, but I think one of the newcomers in particular, and, and the market has found him, Sebenak from the Team Hawks camp. I think there's a fair bit of interest around him, and I suppose mainly because of his jump out last week against Renosu. Um, he sat outside him and, and finished second and seemed to go to the line with a fair bit in hand. So, you know, you can sort of tie them in together. Uh, you mentioned the chairman stakes. Yeah, the last couple of years, are sort of a, well, there hasn't been the guide to the, to the Blue Diamond or the Slipper, but Loving Gabby did win it. She won it on debut too, created a big impression three years ago and, and 
she ran a couple of crackers in the diamond and the slipper without winning. And of course she did go on to win at group one level. So it is a, a pretty good guide. And I would say that it's probably a little bit weaker just looking at it on paper than, than recent years, but no doubt one of these will put their hand up. All righty. Well, Dan hasn't joined us, which uh, is disappointing because uh, I would have congratulated him on finding the Brisbane Quaddy in uh, winning post last week in our Quaddy plays section, which, as you know, it is very, very difficult to find a Quaddy, find a Saturday Quaddy publishing on a Thursday morning. Dan did very well, turned his 30 bucks into 943. So that that is a fair effort, but uh, I assume he'll uh, join us at some point. But meanwhile, we'll head for Randwick. And uh, the first of the features there, strangely enough, is a different two-year-old race. Obviously, uh, this one probably targeted by those who weren't sold through English sales. It's the Darley Lonro Plate, 1,000-metre listed race at set weights and penalties. Joel, what did you like here? Yeah, well, there were, I think, sort of six or seven horses that had known for both, and there was only one that accepted for this race on the Wednesday after having accepted for the Millennium on the Tuesday, and that was Zambezi River. But they will take their chance in the Millennium with that colt. So, look, I'm with the Godolphin pair. I've led the way of number three, Spacewalk. He comes through the Breeders' Plate. He drew 12 of 13, showed good speed, but he was always four wide, and he really only knocked up late. He'd beaten just over two lengths. Thought it was a you know pretty good effort. Different story Saturday, coming off a good trial, and gets barrier two. So you know he's going to be getting the right sort of run, and probably just needs to run up to his breeders' plate run to go well, but to go close. Nine, the stablemate Plimstock liked her trials leading into the debut, and she finished off very strongly. Half sister to Trekking, so she's you know she is bred to sprint well. But I've just got that slight query with her staying at a thousand. She's going to get a soft run from gate one and going to be very strong late. Um, just, yeah, you know, I think she's going to get better over a little bit further. Five Lady Laguna, no knock on her. She went to Eagle Farm for a first start, one on the dry, came back to Sydney and looked amazing on the heavy, winning by four lengths. So no, um, yeah, no real knocks with her, no matter what sort of track conditions get thrown up on Saturday. And eight deep expectation, still has plenty to learn. Ran about... Uh, out in front the other day when Plimstock run, uh, ran her down, but she did battle on quite well. And if she can just take a bit of uh, improvement from that, she'll be competitive again. Three on top, though, from nine, five and eight. Dan, you have joined us. What did you think of the long road play? Yeah, with the three on top as well, Bark, Spacewalk, um, a pretty tough effort in that breeder's plate considering the, the torrid run he had. Hasn't beaten all that far. Certainly entitled to... Uh, um, finished further back than he did after the run, but put away after that. A good draw this time around. Um, he's on top for me, the three. But the five are next, Lady Laguna. Two wins from two starts. Um, on differing services as well. Relish the heavy track to win at Rose Hill as most recent. And the win in Brisbane, um, I thought was was quite impressive there. A little bit of depth to that field as well. Um, so, look, she's obviously put the runs on the board early on. She's hard to hard to knock. In for third, I've got the nine, Plimstock. Um, good effort on Taboo there. Um, and, yeah, certainly a, a winning chance. Bit of a gap then to the one boyfriend, the Snitzel Colt, um, half-brother to Cape Breton. My number's three, five, nine and one. Uh, we head across to all the way straight to the English Millennium now, and that is race six on the card at Royal Randwick. 
On Saturday, English Millennium 1100 metres restricted listed event set weights for two year olds. Joel worth $2 million. Yeah, and the horse uh, that we alluded to earlier that uh, put on top at a decent price is number nine, Emperor from the Matt Dunyard, Karen McAvoy to ride. He's a very well bred cult, son of I Am Invincible from the family of Merchant Navy. He was placed on debut in the Breeders' Plate, sat three wide, no cover, and battled on well. It was just Sajardin and Zambezi River that had had cover in behind them that were able to finish over the top of him. First up, he drew nine of nine. Didn't jump brilliantly, and I think from there they decided to ride him quiet. He went back, he came widest, and he, he ran on strongly, just peaked in the last 100 metres, went third behind Plimstop. We'll obviously get a you know a little bit of a, a test of that form in the first race through that, that Quinella Plimstop and uh, a deep expectation. Hopefully the form measures up quite well. I think uh, Emperor, well, he will be a lot fitter for that, and he's drawn a better gate, gate six, you know, he... I don't think they're going to put him right on speed like he was in the Breeders' Plate, but I think he'll be top, you know, top six or seven in the run, and and hopefully get his chance to show what he's fully made of. One Sajardin, as mentioned, did win that Breeders' Plate. He then went went and won the Golden Gift impressively. He's a deserved favourite. Uh, Fourteen Paris Dior's been very well backed in the last couple of weeks for this race. She was second on debut, a bit unlucky, held up at a key stage behind Man in the Mirror, and then went to Canterbury and just made it a one-act affair. Uh, the third filly there ran fourth in last week's Widden, so there's a bit of depth to that form. And in for fourth, number three, Calgary Stampede. I was with him in the English Nursery. He pinged the lids, got outside the lead from an out, from a wide gate, and fought on really well. He's drawn better here, and I think he's over the odds at you know he's fourteen or fifteen dollars. So I could certainly entertain him, entertain him at a bit of a price. But nine on top for me from one fourteen and three. I'm with the fourteen Paris Dior on top. Absolutely no luck on Zabu when second to me in the mirror. Should have won that and then a better run in transit was the key at Canterbury. Um, she blitzed them there and it's a win of a good horse. I think, as Joel alluded to, the form out of that race has stood up quite well. James McDonald sticks on board um, and yeah, she's hard to beat. I think the 14, I think the 15 extravagant stars, perhaps the, the value in the race for mine wasn't um, an easy win if you're on her. At Geelong on Taboo, only just scraped in, but it was a good fight she showed there. She's come to Sydney and won, uh, led all the way in winning a uh, Randwick trial. Um, it's good doing it as well. So, we're a good draw. I think she might be way over the odds. 15. One, Sajardin. Um, it's obviously a stakes winner on Taboo, but the win there was impressive, defeating Zimbezi, Zimbezi River and backed it up again uh, a month later. So, he's obviously the one. Best exposed form, I guess, in the race. Um, Zambezi River, the one I mentioned, in for fourth for me, but probably playing around two horses 14, 15, and then one and eight. Race eight at Royal Randwick on Saturday is the Petaluma Eskimo Prince Stakes. 1200 metre group three set weights and penalties for three year olds. Joel? As we touched on earlier, difficult race to assess with so many of these resuming. Uh, we've still got. Pulele in, uh, in two races at Caulfield and Sydney. Um, Zathus looks like he's heading to Caulfield. He's been scratched from this race, but no word yet on Pulele. He'll be favourite in whichever race he can test. I I've put him on top here. Um, he was very good winning the Rosebud first up last prep, and he had a very consistent campaign. He was a bit disappointing at the end of it in the Coolmore, but uh, you know, may just have come to the end of it. 
he'd finished second to home affairs a couple of runs prior to that. So, you know, he, we'd seen that he's you know, at least good enough to be competitive with that horse who did win the Coolmore. I think he's uh, probably the probably the bomb-proof horse that's going to run well no matter what. 11 Ranch Hand, he was fourth in the Coolmore, so ahead of Pulele there. And then they tried their hand against the older horses uh, behind Nature Strip and Co. James McDonald would have had a few options for this race, but he's uh, picked up the ride on this bloke and he's drawn well. Uh, in for third, I've got number three, Halal. Now, he will be an improver over further, but he loves Randwick. I think that's a key, a key factor here. He's going to get back, but he's going to be charging late. And in for fourth, number two, Converge. Well, he's a real interesting runner. It was big spruiks on him for the spring, and he disappointed in the run to the Rose, but had a virus and uh, was tipped out straight away. So really didn't really see uh, the, you know, what he'd, how he had developed since his two-year-old season, which he performed very well, obviously the Group 1 winner of the JJ Atkins. So he certainly creates a lot of interest. And number 15, Kiss Sum. I'd have a couple of dollars on him at big odds. He was good to me in the four pillars last prep. This is a, another step up, but uh, you know, he might just have a fair bit of improvement in him as well. So he's one I'll keep safe. But four, 11, three and two for me. Yeah, with the 11 on top ranch hand, very good fresh horse. Um, sort of overcame a bit of bother to win at Flemington first up last time in, uh, running over the top uh, of ingratiating there. Um, look, Contested some good races later in the spring all over the Flemington Straits. And, um, yeah, Joel touched on that fourth and the Coolmore's a good run. Um, with his trials leading into this preparation have been good. Uh, with a good draw, I said, a, a horse that goes well fresh. I think he's the bet in the race for me, the 11. Four, Pulele, and next, who I did read uh, earlier, is likely to be scratched from Melbourne for this. Um, obviously, a good chance. We're going to be a good chance in whatever race he contested, but... Uh, likely to run here, and yeah, he's another horse that can go well fresh. It's four from four at the track. Um, it's a big plus for him, and uh, yeah, look, the main two in the race, 11 and four. Got the three in next to Lull. Um, look, will improve with the run, and the wide barriers, no, um, obviously a little bit of concern, but classy horse who seldom runs poorly. And for fourth, over two converge, another resuming, um, another one resuming here. 11, four, three, and all righty, we heard that uh, Joel's value bet on the program was in the big one, and uh, that was uh, race six, number nine, Emperor. Um, but you guys are going head-to-head -head with your best, so we'll start with you, Joel. We're talking about the last race, and uh, you're with – this is race 10, and you are with number eight through the cracks. Yeah, here's my best of the day a couple of weeks ago in the Carrington – and, you know, he did everything but win. He was just a super effort, came from a long way back, came the widest and beat all bar special reward. He, you know, he had five and a half kilos less. So no knock on the win of special reward there, but great effort by through the cracks. Now he gets to the mile third up and he's not going to be getting as far back. He certainly doesn't have to from gate five. And there's not a lot of speed here. Frosty rocks, be interesting to see sort of how aggressively they they ride him out in front jamie carr on board he'll go to the front and he'll, he'll try and dictate but i don't think there's a lot of pressure on him so i think through the cracks rachel king won't want to be getting too far back i think you know midfield at worst i would have thought he'll get his chance to win and i, I think he's going to be very hard to beat uh, my best roughy earlier in the day and i see daniels with this one on top as well race two number nine very sharp so that'll give uh, listeners uh, a bit of confidence uh, i like this 
horse. I think she's got a, a nice race in her, held up for one, la, uh, one last sprint at them because she just, I think she's sort of really dynamic at 1,011. She's yet to prove herself at 1,200, which this is, but she's going to get a soft run and I think she'll be hard to hold out in what looks a pretty strong highway. I think that'll be a, a race worth following later on. Uh, my best comes up in the last, um, the Dolphin Gelding, Lakeen, who was two weeks between runs prior to the last start win at Randwick. Um, in that one of the narrowest of margins, but got there in time, chasing down Canasta. He's two weeks in between runs here, um, and back to 53.5 kilos. Uh, does look a good bet. He's going really well. He started off his prep, the good win on Melbourne Cup Day at Flemington, and sort of his runs between have been sort of spaced three and four weeks, but Two weeks into his last start, two weeks into this, um, certainly going really well. And um, his two Randwick runs have been good over this track and trip. So 53.5 kilos, he'll be hard to hold out in the last race, Lakeen. The value for me comes up in race seven. I'm with Steel Diamonds, um, the Chris Waller trained mare. Two runs back from a spell. Really like the first that run behind the late, the informed lady of luxury went on to Frank the form in the Gold Coast. Um, and then just on a a track last start. She was um, okay there. Again, not far away, but um, sort of a typical honest race from her. He had a peak third up. Um, I think she, in a field that, I think a few of these will like get a little bit better with the run under their belt. She's sort of approaching peak fitness now. Um, thought she was uh, the best value of the day at, on, at, at Redwick for me. Race seven, <clears throat> number 10. <clears throat> Alrighty, Caulfield is the as uh, the venue for Melbourne Metro Racing on Saturday, and as we mentioned, there are stakes races for the two-year-olds and three-year-olds. Start in race four, Lamaro's Hotel Chairman Stakes, thousand uh, metre Group Three set weights and penalties. Joel, yeah, as I alluded to earlier, I'm going to side with the first starter just ahead of Renesu and that is number five seven act they jumped out alongside each other last week there wasn't much between them Renesu's got the experience I was hoping you know perhaps a little better price for seven act considering he's on debut but uh, the market seems to like him I'll go his way five to beat four and then a couple of the other newcomers uh, in one demon award finished last in his jump out but it was five horses stretched across the track he was back last of six uh, last of the six, but was just hard held. Um, I think Damien Oliver was aboard in that jump out. He was probably always going to ride Renosu, so no real guide there. But he uh, he looked to travel all right there. And in for fourth, number three, New Hampshire, who actually won uh, that blanket finish of a jump out and seemed to go pretty well. He's a expensive, uh, well-bred son of I Am Invincible that uh, can run well here on debut. But five for me from four, one and three. The four on top, Renosu obviously tackled Stakes races at her first two starts. Um, first one back and ran on strongly there at Caulfield and settled closer down the straight. Um, just missed that time out. Pretty handy one. <clears throat> Flemington jump. Goes on top for me, the four. The seven in for second. Um, equivocal. Mooney Valley run was quite good. Back at a 1,000-metre race on Dubu. Um, had to turn quite wide there. Not always the greatest of recipes, but... She's run on quite well into fourth there, beaten just over three lengths. Um, put away after that. The recent jump out win was very good to the eye. Did it easy out in front. Wasn't really pressured, and she um, she looked to do it pretty easy with a bit in the, in, in the locker there, equivocal. So I like that jump out. Um, she's the danger too, the favourite for mine. Five, seven, act. 
um, second to Renuso at a jump out last week at the good draw here. In for fourth, we've got the nine, Mrs. Patmore. At four on top of seven, five and nine. And I am with four as well, Renoso, to beat New Hampshire, Equivocal and Sebanac for three, seven and five. And the following race is the stakes race with the three-year-olds. It's a good three as well. Uh, race five is the IVE print Manfred Stakes, 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds, Joel. Yeah, well, in the way of number eight, Lena's legend here. He's a horse I've always had a fair bit of time for. He bumped into Generation on debut here, this track and trip, and ran second. He came back last prep, won his first two, went to Sandown, and got beat as an odds-on favourite. But the winner there, Extreme Flight, certainly enhanced the form of that race. He went on to win a stakes race. So I think coming back here for his third prep, I think there's going to be a fair bit of improvement in him. He, you know, he might get better over a little bit further. I expect him to perform really well fresh. Obviously, number one, Pulele. I've tipped him at Randwick, so he's going to be hard to beat here first up. Six unflinching. Toughest test here, out to 1,200 against this type of company, but he's done nothing wrong. He'll give them plenty to chase out in front. And two generation, he shouldn't be too far away from the pace either. He was placed behind ingratiating first up last prep and then did go on to win a group three during the Cox Plate Carnival. So he's a talent as well. But eight on top is a little bit of value for me from one, six, and two. Yeah, Playley will be on top of here. I'm pretty confident we at Sydney. Um, so we've got Marine White one um, on top of that is the case. Rockhard Fit Colts, um, maybe not as classy, a few of these resuming horses, but he's got the fitness under his belt. Uh, we know that the stable can keep him fit and keep him going um, some time. And chased him a pretty smart one in the boat last start. That horse went on to freight the form at Mooney Valley. Um, really hasn't put a, a foot wrong uh, to date, Marine One. Was uh, tested in a Coolmore stud at stakes in the spring and faded out late there, but uh, beat a few home. Um, but everything else he's done, this preparation has been excellent. He put Park himself off on the speed. Um, I'm going to give the rock hard fit horse a chance. And this, the five, six unflinching. Uh, that win first up was um, quite impressive. Did it easy there. Was able to run sort of uh, to his terms, um, but looks a very promising horse. Two can sort of bounce forward and park himself there, give himself every chance. Two generation and three uh, Zethus in next. Five, six, two, three for me. Uh, and I'll go for unflinching on top. I did uh, um and ah about this particular race, but uh, ended up with unflinching on top. I've got Pulele for second, but assuming he's not there, I've got Marine one for second, Generation for third, and I will put in Umgawa for fourth, which would give me uh, six, five, two, and seven. Joel, your specials come up early on the Corpil program. Yeah, it could be a long day, but um, hopefully we can uh, kick off with uh, a nice winner here in the first. Uh, number six, Let's Say Grace. I've made my best. Uh, new, former New Zealand filly we saw once in New Zealand, and it was a strong win. The market didn't expect a lot of her. She went out $15. It looked a strong maiden on paper, and it certainly proved that. Uh, she came from last, came wide, and, and finished powerfully to win like a really smart filly. That was 1400 on debut. Uh, the second, fourth, and fifth horses have all since won. And the third horse went to a group two and was placed at her next start. So the form's really strong. Mike Moroni hasn't wasted any time in getting the filly over to Australia. And I thought this was quite winnable first up. There's not a lot of speed on paper. So it could be um, you know, a bit tricky for, for her and that she's probably going to get back if her debut's any guide. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I've got a bit of time for two burning power. She'll get better as she gets over further. Uh, 1,400 suits. I think she's the danger, if any. But no, I, th I think this Kiwi filly can measure up in a race like this. So she's the best for me. My values race three, number five, Midas Prince. Uh, I liked him three, uh, two starts ago at a big price, and he should have won. He was held up for just about the whole way up the straight. He then went to Flemington. He was up seven kilos for the drop back in grade. He was caught three wide, did have cover. He just lacked a bit of turn of foot in the straight. He, he sort of battled away quite well. I'm just hoping the extra distance here, the step out to 2,400, can suit. Now he's had those two runs over 2,000 under the belt. He drops four kilos, gets a good run from barrier three, and around 9 or $10, he's a good play each way. My best comes up in the second race with the 11 Worthily um, UK import, who's that is first start in Australia for the Myron Eustace team at Flemington, 1400 metres. Um, look, he's a 2000 metre winner um, in the UK. And so 1400 metres, first up, probably was going to perhaps need the run. Um, but he got a long way back there from that wide gate, buried on the fence on the turn. And I um, mean, restricted room, weaving a passage in the straight. He's. Run home very strongly. Last 200 metres was the second quickest of the race outside the winner, Nicolini Vito, who was who was dominant. Um, 1,400 up to 1,800 metres here. There's much more his go. I think from the better draw, likely settles closer in the field. And obviously, the, not a bigger field size as well. So, thereabouts on the turn. Very hard to hold out worthily, the 11. That's my best. Race 2, 11. The value comes up in race 7. And with the 8, criminal code. Um, two runs back from a spell. Third up winner, last preparation. It's going pretty well. The second up run at Randwick was good behind Lakeen. Oh, I'm obviously giving it a big chance in Sydney later in the day. Um, 58 and a half back to 54 and a half kilos from a good draw. Ticks a lot of boxes for me, criminal code. Um, being get up at an each way price. Race seven, number eight. Uh, my best in value bet, so I guess the... Um Distances that they're tackling uh, is going to be the main query. Under my spell is my best race six, number two, who uh, is going very well this campaign, never runs badly, and uh, the query being that she's 1,700 back to 1,400, but 1,400 record is excellent. And my value bet race eight, number two, Jumbo Ozaki, who resumes over uh, 1,100 metres and has not previously run over 1,400, but has changed stables, has won a trial by seven lengths, and I've always been a big fan, so very keen to see how Jumbo is going to go over the shorter trip. That's race eight, number two. Adelaide, they are racing on the Parks track. What have you found for us over there, Daniel? Not much value on the card, uh, Morphville, so just a couple of best bets. The best bet of the day at Adelaide, Race two, Sweet Ginger. Um, really impressive win at Oak Bank. She sort of had to, a little bit early on to find the front. It was sort of wasn't able really to find the fence, sort of sat too wide there. But uh, when asked, Rip Moraine at the top of the straight, she kicks clear and, and won impressively. Um, good barrier here. She maps as the likely leader of the race. I dare say she will lead. And on this track, will be hard to run down. Sweet Ginger, the best bet of the day. Race two. Um, next best. Harry Tavistock in race five, um, sort of similar stories. Maps is the only real leader in the race, and I doubt he'll find, um, he'll have any problem finding the front here, and we'll take some catching. Last start effort was pretty good. He was sort of pestered in front there, but 
tired late. Wasn't beaten far by night passage. It does, does drop in grade here. And the slider, uh, slightly longer trip um, suits him as well. So <clears throat> I think Harris have a stock and Sweet Ginger. Both hard to beat. Race two and race five. And Joel, you're keen on Air of Tavistock as well to the extent that you've made him your best. Yeah, well, he was my value originally and then uh, my best came out and I saw he was 550 into 380. So I thought we'll better make him the best at those odds. And yeah, he didn't have much go right. Two runs back, dropped in trip last start, ran really well. Uh, this looks a very winnable race. And after the claim for Campbell or Willa, he really does get his chance to win. And in terms of the value, I've gone for the last race, race nine, number nine, Go Golf Guru. She's no star, but she's racing pretty consistently. She just missed a place at her last couple, had to push forward and do a little bit of work, even though it was a small field um, the last time out of Strathelm. But I thought she battled away quite well. She gets a soft draw here, gets two kilos off, and I thought she could run you a bit of a cheeky race each way. Doombin is the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. Daniel, and you're kicking us off fairly early in race two with your best. Yeah, with Katea on top. Uh, not a card I'm overly keen on this one, but uh, probably the best is uh, Katea in race two, the, the staying affair of the day. Look, no match for the winner. So iconic last start, but like the way he emerged from the, uh, the pack there running on strongly into seconds. Uh, gives the impression he'll, he'll appreciate the rise in 2,200 metres here. Um, likely the rain in the area that the track is going to be um, uh, soft to heavy, probably soft, but he does enjoy the give out of the ground. Um, I think probably the right price at the moment, around 280, 290. Um, but looks to be yeah, quite a consistent gelding against a few horses, I think, they've uh, sort of bottomed out. So race two, the best bet. Uh, the value comes up in race four. Isis Camilla uh, just been a winning machine, sort of up in North Queensland, and a couple of wins out since moving stable at the Sunshine Coast as well. Um, she's come up $9. She's at the moment. I thought she was going to be about 4 or $5 um, based on her record. Um, so she's a, so happy to take the $9 about her. She's a proven winner. She's tough as nails when she's sort of headed and she fights back and responds. Um, this is the strongest race she has faced. I'll concede that, but I think she'll roll forward here. Good track to do so at Doombin and we'll give a great side. Give a good run for your money. So that's the value. Race four, number one, Isis Camella. Any thoughts on Doombin, Joel? No, nothing there for me, Barks. Big, big meeting in WA at Pinjarra. It's Magic Millions Day over there. You got the $200,000 Magic Millions trophy. For the three-year-olds and the $250,000 Magic Millions Classic. For the two-year-olds, our man in Perth in the three-year-old trophy likes number one, Spin the Knife, uh, to remain unbeaten this campaign to beat uh, nine, Pixie Chick, two, Red 53, and 11, Champagne Dame. And, in fact, Spin the Knife is BJ's best on the Pinjara program. He's tipped for the two-year-old race is that's race eight and he's with number two street parade sean mcgruddy going for a fifth win in the magic millions wa classic uh to be eight she's a belter nine she's graceful and three all the king's men so that is two eight nine and three for bj in the two-year-old classic and bj's value bet comes up in the other feature and that is race six the thoroughbred breeders wa pearl classic uh, for the Phillies and Mares over 1,300 metres. And BJ is with the up-and-comer number 12 
Ali's Karma. Earlier in the day across the Tasman, Joel, they are racing at New Plymouth and Wingatui. Yeah, and there's some black type action at both meetings, Barks. Uh, New Plymouth, firstly. Uh, my best bet comes up in the two-year-old race. Race four, number five, Maven Bell. Uh, this is Tiaka, our filly for uh, Jamie Richards. Got under the punter's guard a little bit on debut. Beat a couple of more fancy stable mates, even though she had trialled really well. Uh, but they had the apprentice on and she kicked away and, and won at big odds. I see she's come up $2.10 for Saturday, so a little bit short, but Opie Boson on. And I don't think that was any fluke, despite of being $18 that day. I think she can win again. We'll get more value about our value bet, though, with Opie Boson to ride. Swords drawn, race five, number eight. I see he's just opened around $15. I think that's good odds. He's always been tried as a, you know, over longer trips, and they've aimed, it, aimed him at some feature staying races. I'm just not sure he really gets those distances. All his form around the 16 to 2,000 metres is very good. He's coming off two duck egg runs over 2,400. But prior to that, he'd finished runner-up at his first two runs this time in over the lesser trip. So I think off a bit of a fresh and back to 1,800. Uh, I think this is a very winnable race. And, yeah, I don't think he'll be $15 on the day. So he's worth a look each way. And at Wingatui down in the South Island, my best bet is race six, number nine, Sulu C. Tough mare. She ran over the two miles just last week in the Wellington Cup at Trentham. And ran fourth, as long as that hasn't taken any, she hasn't taken any ill effect from that. She's going to be hard to beat. She's very consistent. She's down in the weights and she'll uh, certainly be going very close. And my value bets, race seven, number 14, Regal Girl. First up, only beat a couple home, but it was a bit of a non-event. She was three back the fence and just never really got out. It was just a bit of a track gallop. She was big odds there and she's going to be big odds again. She gets a good rider, Chris Johnson, aboard. She's bobbed up on the odd occasion. Last prep, she had a fourth and a third in similar company. So she's good enough to run well, and she'll be good enough odds to uh, have a small ticket each way on. All righty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, we did at least get something back last week. Thanks to you, Dan, with uh, mass destruction. I was no good with Stay Gold and it wasn't a great week for Garoppolo. Joel, uh, didn't get the job done on the racetrack or on the gridiron. (laughs) No, indeed. And when you asked me earlier if I had any thoughts about Doombin, I saw him there backing up and, oh, no, I don't know if I can jump in again. I need to see him. I need to see him perform. So he was six weeks between runs last week, so... You know, if he if he's a decent price, and I've had a collect earlier in the day, no doubt I'll I'll chuck something on him. But um, my uh, lazy lobster this week, I was tossing up whether to go early, first race Caulfield, or wait for the last at Randwick. We'll uh, give you a, a bit of a thrill for your money and and wait for the last. Be patient. We'll go through the cracks. Race ten, number eight at Randwick. All right, Dan. You, so you, you, you're just yeah. speaking of the, just getting back to the gridiron for a second. Uh, have you got over the tragic exit of your beloved Buffalo Bills yet? Um, I suppose uh, you've got you've, pro- you've probably got some um, you've probably got some good years to look forward to at least. Uh, yeah, I guess the, that is a consolation that we've sort of found our quarterback after 
15 or 20 years of um, being very ordinary, not having any sort of luck in that department. But oh, it's, regarding that game, it was it was a tragedy beaten. One of the, the worst beats I've seen in a sporting field, I think. Um, and then to that, see that was the one. That was the one with that ridiculous overtime rule, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So I think on the back of that, you'll probably find that they change that rule next year, being that they both teams get a chance to at least score or at least touch the ball before the game ends. But yeah, no, it took a while to get over it. But I think the the Super Bowl that that's come up, two pretty likable teams. So um, I think it's not all as uh, said, not all doom and gloom for a Bills fan. It's something to look forward to in a couple of weeks. Bengals and Rams. But regarding the racing, I was going to go Lacane in the last at Sydney, but Joel's um, beat me to the punch. I'll go uh, Moorfield Parks, race two. I think Sweet Ginger will be hard to catch. All right, now I will go back to my tried and true uh, method of a fairly short one early on the Melbourne program. In this case, I am talking about race two, number 11, the import worthily. Uh, that wraps up. The podcast listeners leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already all the form for Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Plenty of good reading besides 5.50 in news ages from Friday morning, uh, $5 online as we speak via winningpost.com.au. So do have a great weekend. Back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.